Right. So what what was your experience? Because you you were talking we were talking yesterday about this, and there's um, I don't well first of all, what it was your passion and how how did you get into it? Because if this is your calling, was it a, uh, something that happened to you? Was it something that you saw growing up? Was was there a moment where you said this is what I have to do? Yes, definitely very personal to me. It's very uh, near and dear because my mental health journeys. Um, they, you know, I've been I've been experiencing um, a lot of uh, my own um, my own my own journeys have led me to sort of advocate and be more articulate now and be more open about uh, how we can sort of speak up and shine light on our own on our own journeys. And for me, I started when I moved from Pakistan at the age of nine back in 2002, post 9-11. And my name being Usman, I experienced a lot of racial discrimination and bullying and uh, harassment for my name and my seemingly thick accent, quote-unquote. And also for being from, from from Pakistan, given my background as a Muslim Pakistani living in America, and I experienced a lot of anxiety as well, along with the bullying and the racial uh, discrimination and the racial slurs. And my anxiety really exacerbated in the classroom uh, when it came to my academics and also socially. Um, being able to form friendships and attract others and having that um, sense of self, that self-confidence was really something that was challenging for me uh, back in especially middle school and sixth grade, which uh, which was probably one of the worst uh, one of the worst times in my life, I would say, because I was going through so much um, to paint you a picture kind of I was feeling anxious, I was feeling out of place, and um, I was being discriminated, and also I was uh, I was experiencing depression, and I was actually diagnosed with, uh, with depression and um, obsessive compulsive disorder at the age of uh, about 10, and this was back in uh, when I moved here, after I moved here, right after I moved here to... Um, California to the valley from Karachi, Pakistan, and um, it's been a whole journey of its own, realizing, you know, how I can attend to my own needs and how I can uh, advocate for others, and when I did experience anxiety and depression, it was very debilitating uh, with symptoms of OCD, and I did receive treatment, and thankfully I was able to get the help. Uh, by privilege of uh, having a support system in my family and my parents and my sister being there for me, uh, uh, especially emotionally and personally, and being able to provide that sense of support and that sense of acknowledgement. And also I was able to get help professionally through seeking therapy, specifically psychotherapy, therapy, CBT, and that was really helpful for for being able to resolve uh, and overcome my OCD symptoms, and that of its own has been has has been life changing, 
And fast forward to when I was about 12, 13, I um, was diagnosed with bipolar. And what really struck me was um, when I was actually diagnosed with bipolar, I was actually taking medication for uh, for depression and for uh, OCD symptoms. And um, I was actually diagnosed with, uh, with bipolar on when I was feeling manic and I had evolved from home and I had been um, feeling very edgy and out of place. And so um, later research found out that the medication I was taking, Prozac, was actually uh, known to cause allegedly suicidal thoughts in adolescents and and young adolescents and teenagers. And so it's been, uh, and that's not necessarily proven, but there is speculation to that. And I mean, I wonder a lot about a lot of things because mental health is uh, considered invisible. I don't think it's invisible, but uh, it's it's you know it's felt and experienced and it's witnessed. And personally, I've experienced so much and been through it. And I think that there's a lot of gray area when it comes to mental health because with assessment, you can't really prove things per se scientifically, or you can't really um, 100% be factual. And so there's a lot of gray area. And I want to through hopes of sto- through through means of storytelling and uh, journey sharing and hosting panels I and poetry and spoken word I hope to shine light on those uh, multiple truths and honor uh, you know everyone's journey um, and also share mine and how I came back to find my purpose and how I came to ground myself I've also experienced a lot of life-threatening um, incidents in my life personally and that has really helped shape me and brought me back to my purpose in terms of uh, accepting where I am and where I want to go and also accepting uh, people from all walks of life and uh, and accepting the experiences that I've been through at a young age, uh, whether it be being discriminated, being bullied or experiencing uh, you know, anxiety and depression and then later symptoms of, um, of OCD and bipolar. Mm-hmm. Because... Um... And that's that's what we're uh we were discussing that last yesterday. And <clears throat> I I have been done, diagnosed the same way. I've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, um, as well as anxiety. Um yeah. I had anxiety attacks. Um but it was it was very stress related in my in my case. Um and I don't really <laughs> I don't I really have I'm really worried about are wary about psychologists in particular. Mm-hmm. I, it has, it's very it's very hard to find the right match for me. Um, I actually was able to find great research on YouTube with Dr. Romani, Dr. Judy, uh, different doctors <clears throat> that are very open about their practice because that's the thing that I need I need I need to have I need to know. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to deal with uh, what you have if you don't. And like I, I ended up being. Um, I they actually call it. Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, emotional incest. Okay, so when I heard the term emotional incest, right away I was thinking I was not molested, right? But then I I looked into it and I I really prayed about it. I really 
concentrated on just being open about it. And it turned out that my mom was basically emotionally, I was trapped basically in a relationship with my mother. And she, she, she basically was the one that was manipulating me into believing all these things that I wasn't going through. I wasn't going through depression and I wasn't going to, you know what I mean? So how, what would you recommend if people that are going through whatever, whatever they're going through, if they don't believe, they don't trust in the psychology, um, psychologists in particular? Because they may say, as you say, the stigma is, well, if you're going to go to a psychiatrist, that means you're, you're crazy. They label you crazy or they label you weak. So how do you overcome that? Yeah, I think a lot of it could be stress-related also due, uh, due to uh, f- forms of trauma, whether it be generational trauma or childhood trauma or vicarious trauma. There's so many forms of trauma out there that uh, feel like really hold us, can hurt us. And to address the point you brought up right now, as far as accepting where people, people being able to accept um, and as for myself, where I am, I can speak for myself. I think it's important to recognize that mental health is something that we all are, are is a part of our health. You know, mental health is just much, just as much a part of our holistic health and our physical health as any other aspect. And recognizing that it's not, it's inseparable. The fact that we are mental, emotional, physical, spiritual beings is 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 a, is a truth of its own, and that these aspects are not necessarily mutually exclusive they're not separable i see them as as integrated into one while also being distinct is um something really important to sort of take in and recognize and see how that you know the things we experience on a daily basis whether it be forms of stress or anxiety is i think is a, essentially a part of the human condition especially in the day and age we're living in now right with with the, with the pandemic of the economy, with the pandemic of uh, you know institutionalized uh, so many systemic forces that are uh, hurting us or certain groups of people, given the nature of um, you know racism and uh, bigotry and hate that has been permit- perpetuated and promoted in this country, um, and also pandemic of. Um, not only those pandemics, but obviously the COVID pandemic, right? So I think recognizing that these um, things are normal and that it's okay and it's it's okay not to be okay or feel okay sometimes because it's just as human and it is, it is valid to have those uh, sort of, uh, you know, call it mental health needs or call it uh, anxiety, call it depression, call it stress. These are human, uh, intrinsically human um uh, human feelings and human experiences and that they're not, I don't see them as permanent, but I do see them as a part of the human condition to a certain extent, especially nowadays is is something really important. And my message would be to reach in and see how you're doing and also to reach out to others. Um, Not only reach in and check in with yourself and ask yourself, how am I doing? What am I doing? How am I feeling? And if, I am not where I want to be. How can I change that right now? What am I sort of uh, in control of? Because I believe 10% of life is what happens and 90% is how you respond. And in that lies the growth that in the discomfort and the way you respond lies the growth. Because when you, res- 
when when you react, you lose the capacity to respond creatively with awareness. And so, going back to our own mental health needs, our, our emotional, spiritual, physical well-being, recognizing that it's so important to check in with ourselves on a daily basis each moment, and also to check in with each other with and reach out to our loved ones and our family and friends and see how we're doing is something I think that's going to go a long way besides professional help seeking. The aspect of self-help is something I wanted to also emphasize. And um, and I think it's just as important to see, you know, go to therapy and get the help you need professionally or uh, seek support through medication because um, there is a lot of help out there. And while it might be discouraging because of certain people that, uh, you know, maybe you haven't connected with or someone else hasn't really been able to get the help they need doesn't mean that there is no sort of quality or there's no uh there's no quote unquote, like good help out there because I've been able to I mean I've been I've attended therapy and received support for the years uh for a long time now, ever since I was younger and there have been people that I haven't really been able to uh, get help from, but there are also people uh, and therapists and, and counselors and uh, psychologists that have been really, that have really shaped my, uh, that have really helped me grow and impacted my, uh, my, in, my level of perspective and my uh, personal insights. I wanted to emphasize aspect of self-help, self-awareness, self-love, self-acceptance, and also um, professional help seeking to a certain extent, if it seems uh, relevant for for you right yeah and also um like you're saying it's uh, it's also about reaching out because um and i at some point at some point you know i don't really trust i didn't trust anybody yeah <laughs> uh so that was just it was part of my my journey yeah and that's that's what that's one thing i learned is i i had to find the people that i could trust and definitely and it's not going to be everyone yeah no. And I don't think mental health is invisible. I think that's a myth. That, that I think that's also sort of a, a myth of its own that's promoted that it's invisible. I don't. I think it's it is to a certain extent it's very visible and that it's seen, felt, and experienced. And by the, you know, I think each person is impacted by their own mental health. It's just as much as part of physical, emotional, spiritual health. And I think I don't think it's invisible. You know, that's a that's a sort of a misclassification of that. That's misleading, and the word mental illness is so misleading because it creates stigma. And if we change the I to we, mental illness becomes mental wellness. So I wish we could call it like a mental wellness journey or mental uh, mental wellness needs or some sort of uh, you know less stigmatizing terms that, that that sort of don't perpetuate the norms and the cultural taboos and stigmas. Right. Yeah. Now, is there is there um... Uh, your your culture is Pakistani. Uh, yes. Now, is, is Pakistani? How do they view mental health? In your opinion? Yeah, I think it's even more pronounced within the Pakistani culture in terms of the, you know, brush it under the rug sort of brush it under the rug uh, equation because um, there is a lot of stigma. There's a lot of cultural and social stigma. There's a lot of stigma within. Uh, you know, my, within my Pakistani community, in terms of being able to talk about mental health and emotional well-being, and mental health needs, especially I think for uh, not only 
especially for males, I would say there's a lot of stigma within the uh, sense of like speaking up and uh, being more emotionally attuned and expressive, I would say. And I think with that comes a lot of stigma that, uh, you know, males are seen a certain way if, if, if they're not conforming to the cultural standards of what is acceptable. And I think expressing and showing emotion is, is almost a sign of weakness in, in my culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of sort of, um, there's a lot of sort of sense, like, quote unquote, craziness, right? Being crazy is, is sort of, or being uh, this sort of constant, this sort of labels are attached to mental health and how it's treated and addressed within my, how it's sort of addressed and uh, in the Pakistani culture, I think is not really, um, really conducive to a holistic and uh, emotional and spiritual well-being. And while there is more awareness, I think that being said, uh, ever the last few in my experience ever since I've been growing up, there's more awareness now than ever. And I think we have a long way to go. And I see, I can say the same for American culture, for American society. I think there is a lot of stigma still. Mm-hmm. We have a long way to go in terms of how mental health is sort of institutionalized. I mean, if you just look at the LA County Jail, for example, mm-hmm. it's the largest mental health care system in the country here. <laughs> and that's ridiculous mm-hmm. that the LA County Jail has become the de facto system for mental health care and how we're punishing and severely uh, sort of ridiculing and isolating and punishing uh, the quote-unquote mentally ill and those that are severely mentally impacted by their own mental health. And I think that's a testament of uh, this country's healthcare system and how we have a long way to go when it comes to mental health and uh, emotional and spiritual well-being and how that's being addressed in this United States uh, in terms of how we, you know, we see it, how we stigmatize it, how we punish the mentally ill and how we um, how we treat people who are, and there's a lot of uh, cross cross between that, between mental health and uh, the causes and effects of addiction, right? Addiction, using drugs, using alcohol. And I think there's a lot of comorbidity when it comes to mental health. It's not just one dimensional, it's multidimensional because a person has severely uh, a lot of mental health needs and uh, challenges. And it could also be uh, arising, or as as a as a part of other experiences and other challenges they have with addiction, with drug use, and how that's being addressed uh, is a huge problem, right, within the healthcare system and within uh, within the country at large in terms of how we see uh, how we see addiction, mental health, and how that's being addressed, right. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Uh, when that's actually uh, addiction to me, in my opinion, is is an escape because uh, my my father and my my father, my mother too, in a way, uh, they were both, both uh, drug addicted. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, view addiction as a way to cope. Um, yeah, and sometimes uh, sometimes that is not. Uh, yeah. That is not the reason why you're yeah. going through whatever you're going through, but it's just yeah. uh, 
uh, it helps. Obviously, it helps to yeah. to get you worse, to get you in that stage. Yeah, and, uh, and it's a form of coping. It's a maladaptive form of coping, right? Which is an adaptive, helpful way. And how that's addressed is also another problem in terms of how we address uh, issues of addiction and how there's stigma with that and how there's, uh, you know, there's um, within the legal system how there's this whole sort of, um, you know, war on drugs and how that's addressed in terms of people being prosecuted and punished for their drug use and addiction right. in the past, yeah. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, well, there's that's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> talking also, about the uh, I don't think the, mental the war on drugs. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of costs and a lot of intersectionality between aspects of race, culture, uh, addiction, you know, and subtopics within uh, mental health itself. I think it's multifaceted and multidimensional. Yeah. Um, another aspect of uh, therapy, in my opinion, too, uh, I don't know if you agree, is uh, poetry. Because uh, what I learned uh, through going to, uh, and you are as well, yeah. going through open mics and going through these yeah. um, Zoom meetings and sharing yeah. your poetry, sharing yep. your experience has really helped me a lot. Yeah. Sure. And people that are listening, obviously. Yes. What has what has been your experience with uh, the poetry community? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. People have been really welcoming. I think what poetry is about is only multiple truths, and that's what um, I think. That's also what people should be about, and democracy should be about, right? This idea of honoring multiple truths and multiple journeys, um, and you know, there's no one unified uh, sort of narrative that we want to hold on to but that we want to honor multiple truths and multiple journeys and see it as part of the collective and I think for me poetry and storytelling and spoken word has been a process of self-healing and it's as you call it extremely therapy it's been a process of self-healing and coming back to grounding myself and uh, rediscovering my sense of purpose and being able to give back through that those means and also share uh, and chime light to my own mental health journeys and to my own life experiences. Um, and I think that poetry really helps with that, with these aspects, because it allows us, it allows me, and as well as people like you, Italo, to be able to uh, amplify, you know, your own, uh, your own voice and your own journeys and see how that can be of support uh, to yourself and your self-healing processes and also for others if they're looking for a source of light and comfort and hope and healing and I think that uh, what I'm doing with the panels and I'm doing a lot of open mics my vision is to is to essentially decrease stigma uh, regarding the cultural taboos and the cultural myths um, especially when it comes to mental health and emotional well-being and spirituality and to chime light on how we can, uh, you know, be there for each other and most importantly, be there for ourselves first because I think it starts with ourselves in terms of self-love, self-acceptance and self-awareness. Um, and I think if we befriend the mind, if we befriend ourselves, we sort of befriend the world, you know, to a certain extent because we are a micro of the macro, each of us individually. And that is not to say that there's an individual self that is 
superior or that I am better than you or you're better than me. This by no means do I mean that, but I think what I mean by that, I believe, is that individually we are part of the collective and we can do things individually for the greater good, for the greater good of society and the for the greater good of humanity. And a means for that, uh, by means of doing poetry and storytelling and journey sharing and uh, bringing forms of art to light, uh, because I think storytelling is an art for sure, and poetry, no doubt, is an art, um, is, is a form of uh, self-healing and is a form of self-expression and is also a form of... Uh, being able to acknowledge our own awareness and our growth processes and and our challenges too, and see how we can uh, come together for the greater good, you know. So I think yeah. that's uh, that's been life changing during this quarantine, the last five six months in terms of writing more and reflecting more on my own for me and being able to see what's most important to me, including the values that are most important to me, the friendships, the people, uh, the experiences, the challenges, the support systems you know and i think that's really been remarkable in terms of my own personal growth and my well-being helped me uh, work towards healing um, and also being able to help amplify voices and uh, share with others so that they so that i can also you know bring light and shine light into other people's journeys yeah uh, <clears throat> and actually what i've noticed uh since the pandemic started uh and up, up until now and we're now in what September. Okay. <clears throat> uh, what I've seen or what I have noticed is that, especially with um, TikTok or with yeah. Facebook, uh, whatever. I don't want to go into Facebook, but uh, <laughs> in particularly TikTok and Instagram and other other uh, platforms. Yeah, I have seen um, a lot of people um, crying, opening up. Uh, yeah. Being being very yeah. Uh, vulnerable, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and at the same time, there's a risk of getting bullied, yeah, a risk of getting cyber bullied, but there's yeah. also a lot of support, and so yeah, I I've, I've sure. noticed the the shift there, and uh, the, the the amount of people that are coming for one person, yeah, um, you know, there's a case of this uh this uh, um this man or mm. young man. Who was he has Down syndrome, and he was seen crying on on live, and he doesn't understand why people are so mean to him, and mm-hmm. and tell him to do things to harm uh, harm himself, and but a lot of people came for him, a lot of people came for him, and they were uh, advocating for for them, and uh, I see, I've noticed that. I don't know if it's just my um, observation. Yeah. And uh, I feel like there's a, a lot to do as far as um, mm. that's concerned. <laughs> I don't know if that yeah. makes any sense, but, uh, you know, um, I don't know. I, there's also a community, too, where you, you're building a community. Yeah. People from Australia. Yeah. Uh, people from uh, South Arabia. People from Africa, from Ghana, yeah. from different places that I've never heard before yeah. are coming through, and and it's wonderful because it's, it's building a community yeah. not only here in the states, but it's a community worldwide. worldwide. And um, I think it's wonderful. I mean, I see it in a. I have. You can see it in different ways, right? Yeah, you can, sure. You can always see the positives. Yeah. yeah, for sure. There's negative and positives involved. There's 
uh, you know, the gay area and also there's risk involved with being online in online digital spaces, social media. I think there's a lot of good that comes out of it and that's the beauty of social media that's global, like you said, for people from different countries coming together to share and be supportive and be uh, sort of in in in, uh, in solidarity, right? There's a, and that I think builds community and I think with with people being home now more than ever, right? The last, what, six seven, five, six months, and recognizing these aspects of, um, I think people are, are being, are more open to, um, to a certain extent, uh, I think people are feeling more open to, you know, being more open-minded and friendly, and there is sort of a push for more awareness and more advocacy, whether it be mental health or other uh, topics and other and causes for social justice and racial justice and I think there is that sense of being woke right and I think with that um, there's a lot of good that comes out of it because there are people now more than ever uh, to a certain extent speaking up and sharing their own personal journeys and being more open to those aspects of uh, of uh, of sharing and I think there's a lot of good that's came out too and we cannot um we can't. We shouldn't downplay that. We should. Uh, we should also talk about that, right? We should also focus on that and uh, talk about not only the negatives or the mm-hmm. the gray areas, if, if you if you may, if I may, but also uh, the positives and the good that come out of it. And I think for me, the good is the level of awareness, insight, and how I can uh, I can uh, promote and you know support aspects of storytelling. And also see myself advocating in that space, uh, whether it be through panels or poetry or through doing uh, doing interviews such as this one with you, Italo, and others, and sharing about my own personal and mental health journeys and chiming light on uh, how that can uh, essentially, you know, support uh, our community for the greater good collectively. And I think that with the level of uh, insight and awareness i my hope is that insights uh insight and hindsight 2020 you know <laughs> that yeah even though we're living in the age of 2020 yeah. with all this stuff i hope that we can also and 2020 just be over to, <laughs> to the 2020 <laughs> supposedly 2020 uh idea of a 2020 vision or a clear uh you know hindsight so well to be to be to be honest actually we see we see things more clear this year, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, some things I yeah. didn't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a decade. It's a decade of new change. You know, it's a new decade of change and of chaos. And this, uh, whether we acknowledge it or not, yeah. whether we whether we see it or not, it's it's it's, a, it's an era of change and a new decade. And I think that there is going to be a lot of different paradigm shifts that are already happening in the world. Right. Yeah, that are that are positive too. You know something. Yeah, for positive. sure. And there's all the movements and uh, yeah. push for awareness, and I think that's the, that's the good part, right? Whether it be through social media or uh, conversations of this one, or digital spaces. Right, right. Because yeah, I mean, social media too. They they censor. Ah, uh, yeah. If I can just uh, that as well. <laughs> yeah. Talk about. Actually, I have to be careful too because <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm being censored as we speak. Yeah, you know, so it's like. I can't yeah. really say it. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, Usman, uh, it's sure. getting close to the end, but I do want to thank you for calling today, and also I want to put all your all your information 
how do people follow you? But if you want to shout it out right now, you can. Um, sure, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so my Instagram page is Khan, my last name, K-H-A-N underscore S-E-L-I-N-G. Um, and I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, other social media platforms. And um, if you access my um, Linktree page, you can see all my links for my website. Currently, I'm also doing um, and providing career counseling and one-on-one mentoring as well as uh, academic life skills mentoring and cause advising services for uh, for students for college students and mm. also for uh, high school students and recent grads and um, also for people looking to change their career so um, I'm happy to support and provide those resources and those services to uh, those in need um, and also um, you can definitely reach out to me for support regarding those aspects with career and uh, goal setting and life planning and things of that sort. So uh, thank you so much, Italo, for having me share today. And I, it's an honor for me to be able to be in this space and to share my own journeys um, and to also uh, be in this space where I can um, hopefully be a source of hope and life for other people to to not only see the the negatives but also the good right and the positives and the and the gray areas that are not necessarily so negative or positive mm-hmm. right yeah let's uh let's just uh stay positive people yeah. you know i'm always uh i always see the bright side of things yeah that is not naive it's not uh i'm not yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, it's always Anyhow. helpful. It's adaptive to see the glasses half full. <laughs> that's, good. Uh, yeah. that's a good way to be. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, both are right. It's either half empty or half full. It's yeah. And that doesn't mean two. you acknowledge the, the <laughs> truth or you don't acknowledge the negative. It just means you, you choose to to do or to be or to think a certain way that could be, you know, helpful and hopeful for you. We are go for liftoff in T minus 30. Hit the record